Manor. Hello, welcome to Tip Manor Podcast. Uh, we're back, and it hasn't been that long, which is great, and it means we haven't got 28 games to, to review. Um, but the vibes on the last pod were pretty uh, negative after three losses on the bounce, and we've now had two wins on the bounce, and everyone's happy. And in traditional Tip Manor fashion, someone on the pod is eating food as we kick off. Jack, what are you eating? Um, a very exotic toasted bagel with mozzarella on it. Exotic, okay. Have you become more exotic since your recent travels to where were you, Gran Canaria? Um, probably not. No. <laughs> Did you? Uh, I always find when I go abroad, I I make an effort to bring Oxford merchandise in the in the hope that you might get someone go, oh, yeah, no. just on a random stretch across a beach. But it doesn't. It doesn't happen very often. I think no, it's happened my, to me once in my lifetime. Generally, my my beach attire includes an Oxford training top, um, for that exact reason. The only time I've had someone kind of mention it was uh, at the Euros in 2016, but then that was football related. So, I if like, you wear the if you wear the training top, then maybe people will think you're a player as well. Uh, with my physique, I doubt it. <laughs> Sorry, John. No, so I wear the training tops like all the time for like running tennis whatever and i've always got half an eye of trying to angle the badge between between people i genuinely think i do just to try and go like can you see can you see see the oxford badge and think some guy in the middle of leeds or whatever is just not going to even recognize it but i'm kind of going yeah do you, you want to talk to me about this badge and what it's doing in this place out you know never happens or very rarely happens there you go uh, no Connor tonight. He was at the game yesterday, so maybe he's just too emotionally charged. And an emotionally charged Connor, the language would be obscene. So it's probably good for the listening base. Um, right, what we're we doing today? We'll have uh, well, very brief news. Then obviously talking about Fleetwood and MK. We'll we're obviously going to spend a lot of time getting emotional and stressed looking at the run-in. And looking at the state confused. of the league on the table. And confused, yeah. It's not a simple one, is it? So I expect that will just go in circular motions for a while as we try and decipher what's going to happen. And then we'll preview Rotherham on Saturday. Um, the only thing, I think, I thank John, I think, for putting this in. Uh, just following up from our speculative uh, bollocks section from last week, uh, where we talked about Luke McNally. Actually, this gives me an opportunity to do the Antonio Conte, Luca McNally voice again but there you go you've been practicing that that was even better is that better i did it for anyone that's listening i did i i was doing the gesture i hope people could sense that listening in i figured if you're going to establish a section then you need content every week or else people just think it was a one-off speculative bollocks section um yeah agree I agree. Well, I think we wanted more soft news, didn't we? Like Cameron Brannigan's fish and Mark Sykes's fluffy steering wheel and whatever else we had. Sam Long's road trip to see Josh Ruffles. There you go. And um, Simon Eastwood's missus selling chairs on Gumtree or whatever. You know, there's many, many options. If, if anyone can think of any other soft news, um, please send it in to it's us. Like, it's like they're moment. focused on something else at the moment and they're not like going fishing or going out on... Like, yeah. Wasn't there a picture of Herbie came in like a bubble, like party or something? That sounds good. Did, did, did the rounds a while? It feels ago. like news. Should we speculate on where it was? I'm going to say Grimsby bubble party. I c- couldn't have been many. I mean, that's 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 yeah. Uh, right, established. 
Anyway, why was I, I think it was the case there was a really it's I actually just read it about ten minutes ago. There's a good article um on the forty two dot IE, which is, seems to be like an Irish based um sports paper online. Um and they had an interview with McNally and he was obviously talking about his time. I think it started with him setting the scene of sitting on the coach watching is it St. Pat's watching one of their games on his phone and he was sat next to Jack Stevens and he was trying to you know, convince Stevens that the quality of the Irish league is getting getting better, and I think he was suggesting Stevens agreed. Um, but then it, it was just good talking about his aspirations. Um, but there was nothing in there. He, he, he kind of shrugged off the Spurs stuff, so it looks like that was nonsense, which is the main thing we need to. What else going to do? No, but I think he <laughs> basically was, said was like someone, mad like someone bomb, like so. texted him or something yeah, and yeah. sent him the link, and that was as far as it got. And um, yeah, there wasn't much else in there. But you imagine I, what I did see in there. There was a, a show reel of Luke McNally, like a video of Luke McNally bringing the ball out from the back. And you know, the more and more, surely more and more clubs are going to be aware of the fact that he's got that attribute. And it's just an Oxford thing now, isn't it? That's just seems to be the first thing that's on the training sheet when a centre back comes in. It's like, right, just dribble the ball forward and get better at it, please, and then we'll sell you for. Two million in a in a year or two, job done. How's Rob Atkinson doing, by the way? He's pleased playing, isn't he? He scored the other day. Yeah, he's, he's playing like a reasonable number of games, and no doubt is still mm-hmm. knocking about. It probably seems to have found his level. But I don't get the impression he's tearing it up. Completely beyond. forgot about Odalda. Yeah, my um my friend went to the Bristol City ground for like some sort of event the other day, and there was a poster advertising the kit and it had Atkinson and no doubter on that poster like an A4 and he was like this was made for me he's not he's an Oxford fan obviously I, yeah. I um, flew back into Bristol airport on Monday after being away and saw the same poster and then next to it was a Bath City one with Ryan Clark in the full goalkeeping kit so what, have you like seen, little... what have you seen James can you trump that uh, yeah Simon Eastwood uh, on a post-it note in <laughs> Dubai that was awful. So clearly they are the face of Bristol. So, okay. There you go. There you go. Um, Jackie, look, I thought you were doing some research as we were talking there. You had your research face on as if you're going to give us some enlightening comments. Am I correct? Well, they're comments. I don't know if they're very enlightening. But <laughs> to answer your question, yes, Atkinson's played 31 times in the league for Bristol City this season. So what's that? Two thirds of the season. Not too bad for uh, his first yeah. go at that level. And he was he was alongside Callas for a lot of it, who I used to really rate. Um, so that can only be probably good for his progression. Um, right, Fleetwood, John, you were watching this. I I caught up afterwards and then actually watched a, a large proportion of the game back, and I I actually enjoyed the first um, first kind of fifteen minutes more than the rest of it. What what was your take on it? I just found it a bit weird after the first fifteen minutes. Because it was like, like doesn't happen that often. But you're watching a game, and you're like, okay, what am I supposed to do now? This isn't actually going to be very interesting to watch. But we played really well, and sort of Fleetwood just kind of let us play how we wanted to. And as a result, we played really good passing and scored three pretty good team goals. They weren't sort of like as a result of breaking them down or sorry, was pressuring them into mistakes. It was just cutting them open, and it was lethal. And I was really surprised because I thought. Fleetwood were a better team than that, and they were later in the game. Um, we still hadn't won there, had we? Um, no, no. It's, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was kind of like 
thinking I mean I wasn't nervous before I, I think I thought was somewhat confident I think I might have even predicted 3-1 in the last pod but that was a bit of overconfidence maybe but yeah I mean sort of I think we just scored three three decent goals really and Holland with a left-footed strike um did Holland, did Holland have a good game beyond beyond that he no I think it was a fairly sort of similar Holland performance really like defensively cover wise he offered very little as did Sykes who was all who was particularly kind of off his game I thought mm. and that's what kind of ultimately I think helped Fleetwood get back into it um he was benefiting from a bit more space and um you know he did make nice one two with Bradingham for the for the second goal um it amused me though for the first one Billy Bowden was saying that Cameron Brannigan claimed an assist yeah or, so- even though if you haven't seen the goal Bowden basically sm- crosses it in pretty hard clatters into Brannigan and then rebounds into Holland's path and he scores a good finish <laughs> but there's no way in hell like Brannigan laid it off with a nice little you know touch into the path um yeah I thought um I really liked Brannigan's goal I don't know Jack you must have seen that back but it's so tidy wasn't it it was one of them where I had to watch it two or three times to work out how he kind of kept going so far um we we don't we haven't seen him do that very often on from the edge of the box. Really, kind of the goals Drive. he has scored have been kind of like pile drivers with a bit of force behind them. But um, it it was quite nice to see. And to be fair, um, to go two three nil up inside fifteen minutes kind of got rid of any thoughts of Morecambe, where obviously we'd scored early and then rather mucked it up. So um, you know, it's yeah. all good to get the job done early. Absolutely. There was a one of Fleet would have got one of those vlogger guys. He's actually pretty good. Um, but he, he did a video at our place. Um, but then he he, he did one and he, there's a really some really nice views of our goals from behind the goal when the opposition fans are suffering. And we all love, you know, milking that. It's great. Um, third goal, John um, Bodin or Bodine or Bodinho or whatever we call him now. Um, Really nice goal again, wasn't it? Kind of a deep header. Yeah, but again, it was defence, worked across the defence, kind of quite a simple play, Brannigan down the line. Just the sort of thing that we, I just think some teams just don't let us do. Good cross, Bowden gets it in a head and heads it in. And it was, the game sort of did start to turn a bit after that. And I think Fleetwood sort of remembered the scouting report and how to play against us a bit and started <laughs> to kind of, push it into the channels behind fullbacks and kind of realise that they, the fullbacks weren't going to push up because they weren't getting any help defensively. But it was sort of, it was weird at 16 minutes. I was a bit like, what do I do now? Just yeah, it's weird or- when everything goes in. You know, like when, because some of those, the Brannigan goal and the Bowden goal especially, were just one of those where that cross could only land in that place for us to score from that cross. And then it went in. And it's just like, so when things click like that, it just feels like something is going to go wrong afterwards because you kind of ridden your luck a bit. But um, that's Well, it, it was everything that hadn't clicked in the previous three games suddenly happened. And it just sums up football that we were, you know, we were so good at Plymouth, Morecambe, um, yeah. missed chances or didn't get, any, didn't get the ricochets or on the end of a kind of speculative cross. But then to score three times in 15 minutes from you know, goals that were, weren't straightforward. Um, 
You know, yeah. just so, this is why, and we'll go on to it, this is why the next two games are just going to be nuts because it's going to be like that, you know, for we could be in the playoffs for 10 minutes out with them again, in them again. It's going to be frantic. Yeah, for sure. And then they got a penalty just before half time, which gave them a bit more hope, like not, not much. I think it was long, wasn't it? Could do about it with the handball. Mm-hmm. And then... How do you think Stevens did in this game? And it's coming; he's come into question a few times now, John, hasn't he? But um, he he definitely seemed at fault for the for the second goal in terms of where he parried it out to. But I think his general performance, there were comments being made as well. Yeah, he sort of, he just kind of. <clears throat> I, th- I don't know whether he just took a bit of a whack from when he came racing out to try and and he cleans out Ellis Harrison and then the ball falls to their player and they score. And after that, he was really kind of hesitant. And, you know, one gets cleared off the line, which would have made it three all and generally didn't look that confident at all. Um, He was fine before that. There was no real issues, but it really did seem, he didn't look like he had to come off his line particularly. And then it was a very sort of clean the striker out type of situation that again, you wonder whether what action might have been taken if he hadn't, if the goal hadn't been scored. So yeah, I don't think it's nothing will change. I don't think I think that's a bit too rash. Um, but he did sort of. There's a few of these things that are creeping in a bit, and probably at the wrong time. That's it. It's still going to be interesting through the summer and going into next year. But I think KR's going to still be sticking with him for now until the next calamity I guess and then he might swap it up again is the way I feel like it's going at the moment as as much as he got some criticism for that goal I thought it was just pure fluke that it rolled straight to a Fleetwood player like it's it's like rugby when you take contact and the ball comes out it could go anywhere and like 99 times out of 100 that does not roll straight to a player who's got a clear angle yeah I think Kinnebra was saying in the commentary, though, he's got to just completely go in and just clear everything out at 100 miles an hour. His own, every man that's anywhere near the ball and the ball and not kind of just parry it gently. I don't I don't think he did parry. I thought he just lost it in the contact. Yeah, maybe. I think it's, it's one of them that, you know, we, we saw Eastwood kind of, that we talk about the sore point of Wembley against Wickham. That was a similar thing where he ended up not getting the ball at all and taking out the player. It's one of them as a goalkeeper. You're supposed to get the ball, and if he'd have not got the ball, it would have been a penalty. So you know, I mean, the, yeah. you've really got. I mean, you've got to look at what Elliot Moore was doing for that as well, because the sort of through ball that was played, it was like a five very yard, slow. very slow, and he almost kind of like danced over it and sort of, and it was two of the vast centre backs pretty close to each other. So Harrison shouldn't have been able to get away. Fleetwood were not attacking at enough speed for him to be able to, to spin off. It wasn't like a Portsmouth or another, the other ones where it's been a full-on counter-attack. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's there's probably a few bits of fault. There you that go. One. That was a good five-minute minute analysis of uh, Fleetwood's second goal right there. Um, and then, well, yeah, backs to the wall for the rest of the game. Obviously, James Henry had a really weird kind of unfortunate injury it sounded like when they saying he needed two and a half hours worth of stitches or something so you were saying john there was a load of blood wasn't yeah there? i mean like, it's you don't actually feel you don't often see lots of blood spilled when you watch games and it you saw that yourself straight away and it wasn't nice and yeah by the sounds of it he was off to hospital pretty quickly and amy the physio was there with him till sort of early saturday morning and well, sunday morning even and um you know, a lot of urgent surgery needed and KR was like, we don't, won't see him again this season. Yeah. 
so f- fingers crossed for a nice speedy recovery for for JMO, and he'll hopefully be back with a bang next year in the championship. Um, Drop that in very casually. <laughs> I, Kr, kind of his reaction was pretty pragmatic, and it was just actually I thought um, it's worth saying the fans' reaction. We we had a really good travel traveling support up there, and their reaction after the game was really good as well. It could have been a bit mellowed by kind of you know the last three games coming into it plus the fact that we kind of chucked away a really comfortable lead but they were right behind the team um clapping them off which you know you'd obviously expect but I still was was happy with that and then KR again just pragmatic we kind of go again and um on to MK let's go on to MK um game of two halves John do you think that's fair that is a classic cliche that is fully deserved to be dropped because that is exactly the case. What happened with this? I mean, it was, it just felt like it was a mirror of the away game to a degree. I mean, they just, we couldn't get close to them in the first, first half, 50 minutes maybe. Um, yeah. And then when they did, they just were on us, pressing us relentlessly and, you know, to a degree, it's very, very difficult in that that situation um, to sort of try and change it up because you don't have the ball long enough to, to try and change it up and those sorts of issues. Um, but yeah, yeah, I thought they were just um, far too easy for them at times. And um, I think it was Botang who's played against us a few times, actually. And Yeah, he of, looked good, didn't he? He sort of run the show a bit. Um, I remember when we went down to see them last season there, or the season last, maybe just a couple of years ago, actually, and... Uh, he was impressive for them then. I thought, um, what, like you said, it was a bit of a mirror of the away game. Um, their, like you say, their intensity for the first kind of half an hour was so obvious. And actually, we, we did, I don't even think we got into their box for about 20 minutes. Um, I, we were getting dominated that much. And also, we were sitting that far back. But we started to ask, didn't we? Like, they really tight. We, we kept saying away, they tired out. They tired out after like 65 minutes and then that's when we massively came into the game and started getting on top. And it, like you say, exactly almost to the minute seemed to happen again where they started sitting back. Suddenly our kind of back four were sat on the camp on the halfway line and we were having regular kind of kind of surges down the pitch. Um, but it was, it was great. I don't know, Jack, if you managed to catch up on. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the style they play must be quite mentally tiring because it's so focused on these short passes and you've got to be um, constantly confident that you're going to succeed in making them. That it, It's not just about pinging a ball and hoping it finds a player. It's constantly thinking where the next ball's going, where the next ball's going. I don't think at League One level, players can concentrate that hard for 90 minutes. And obviously the goal came from, yes, we switched it up a bit and we're high pressing, but... It came from, and they've said it in their post-match interviews, a ball that should never be being played in the 85th minute when you're going for promotion and you would happily take a point. Um, yeah. But yeah, exactly, exactly like the away game in that we've changed something. Because was the away game where Adji um, got taken out by the keeper and he didn't get sent off? Or was that oh, last yeah, 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 yeah. That was and it. Yeah. Sykes, Sykes winner, wasn't it, from another mistake by them, actually. So... Um, We've kind of done them twice this season from their own mistakes, really, for all and the goals. When we played them at home last season, I think we won 3-1. 
and it was a similar total football experience even at our place and that we just started having it became quite funny to watch when they kept on relentlessly trying to play it out from the back and every like every third attempt we were closing down and then being like okay we're getting great success we'll just continue to press you um obviously that's where our goal came from we'll get to that in a second it's worth noting isn't it john there was that moment when they were massively on top where stevens came running they just simply did what kind of jack was describing short kind of five ten yard passes to just cut us open and then they had a really simple through ball we were playing a high line clean through i don't know who was clean through was it twine twine yeah and then um Stevens comes outside of his box and doesn't Twine jinx it like dinks it over him. Stevens takes out Twine and then um I think Twine should have passed because he had a player on his right hand side for a tap in essentially, but didn't didn't see him. But we were saying like another ref might if that was maybe at the MK stadium, another ref might have just been staring at that going, Well, I've got to send him off. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I think we were saying, weren't we? Maybe if Twine had gone to the left or the right of Stevens and then got the contact, it would have been a red yeah, card. I, th- I think maybe, and there's probably some rule stuff in here that the fact Twine got his shot off quite early, then wasn't sort of cleaned out, but it, like you say, it wasn't a sort of he didn't go and leave like his kind leg. Of ran into him in a yeah sense, like. kind of thing, and. That just about saved him, but I was still looking at going like, "Oof, that Stevens red. What are we going to do here?" Now there may be a rules based reason why that didn't happen, but and then Brown obviously continues his sublime performance levels and gets back. Oh, he is. He's been Jack. Do you not think Kieran Brown in the last five six games has just been an absolute revelation? No, I thought it was really good in the games that we lost as well. Um, yeah, I was going to two words for some well. for some reason he has always seems to happen. If when we sign what seems a random loan player in January, they often seem to be the ones that get scapegoated a little bit just because they're not this kind of flashy, you know, skillful player. He, you know, he's a solid centre back come left back, and he's shown a bit of he's given us something different playing at left back. I think Kr mentioned it. That with Long and him as fullbacks, they're a bit more physical. They're a bit, they're a bit direct. Both of them. They're not. They're not skillful, tricky. Beat the man. Whip crosses in, but they do a job. And for the clearance off the line, I thought the anticipation he showed when he spotted that Stevens was coming, and you know, there was only one one way that Twine could score if he was going to shoot. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought it was a fantastic bit of play. He doesn't panic at all, Brown, with or without the ball. He probably know he knows at times he'll get done, and he does very clever. Invites the foul and things yeah. like that, and uses his body well because he's a yeah. unit. Like I, Plymouth, Sunderland, and Morecambe, like you say, every game he was our standout. He was a standout player for us as well. He was really obviously he was unfortunate at Sunderland that their goal came from that kind of right side that he was meant to be cut. Well, their right, our left, but. Um, I think he's just been excellent. And I definitely think having, again, that's was that our second clean sheet in 2022? I think. Gosh, yeah. I just don't even think about clean sheets anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, but his, his, like, as Jack says, the physical presence of that whole back line does just add a different dimension. It's more like having a big wall up. And I feel much happier with that based on how things had been going. So, um, yeah. Let's, let's hope well, that when you haven't continues. got a, when you haven't got a 
physically strong or tall shield in front of that defence as well. I mean, Herbie Kane and Brannigan, I think there was some subtle stuff they probably did in the second half a bit better, but they're ultimately they're not, they're not that imposing, are they, in front of the defence? Um, I think, yeah, there was some sort of... There were some moments where we had the odd chance that you think we need to take this. I mean, ultimately, it worked out okay. But, but yeah, MK, it's... I'd love to know what their sort of when their average goal scored are because they're obviously second or third go for automatic. So they must be killing teams off before they run out of steam or else other teams would be doing what we would we do to them, which is sort of ride it out. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just bizarre that they, they do have a way to mix it up at times, but equally and they just... It's, it was almost like it was a pattern. It was absolute pattern. Yeah, and what one thing I felt I've been giving Nathan Holland a bit of a hard time because I still think he really lacks physicality and it, it shows at times. Um, and we heard you could hear on the coverage on the iFollow coverage, Kr shout, um, not Rhino, but Willow, and he was calling um, calling Ryan Williams back to get on the pitch. And then suddenly, as if by magic, Nathan Holland just came alive um, from that moment onwards. And I mean, he, I'd have started Williams over Holland. Um, yeah, I, I think based on how the first half panned out, everyone was in agreement with that. I think it was just a case that as they tired, suddenly Nathan Holland just started running at them. And they were doubling up on him and he wasn't having any problems. And then it was creating space elsewhere. And... Um, yeah, he just he was making a massive difference and getting a lot of a lot of success down the left. Um yeah, when that <laughs> so obviously we then end up closing them down. And you have to thank Williams has obviously come on by this point. Who cares? Sykes didn't have a particularly good game, did he? Either. So he, he yeah. ended up coming off. Um and Bowden came on as well, didn't he? So Williams and Bowden were on. And then when um, it's Williams that does the initial closing down on um, what's what's his face? I always forget his bloody name. The left back, number three, MK Dons, been there forever. Lewington, Lewington, yeah, Lewington, yeah. So I, I just thought Williams did something quite clever as well, where he turned his back on the keeper. I thought for a bit, as if he's walking away, and then suddenly, as the ball's played, he kind of turns around and absolutely bolts it towards Lewington, who's like, right. Let's get this Barcelona-esque football done. And then suddenly Bowden, you know, is alive to it. And I actually think Matty Taylor's touch. Yeah, that, Taylor, that's massive, that touch. It's, it's, it's absolutely perfect. And you've got to think Bowden's left-footed and he couldn't have laid it off in a more perfect way. I, for... I sort of kind of, I mean, I think I thought this. <laughs> that <laughs> When it went on to Bowden's right, I was like, oh, that moment's gone. He's going to try and cut back and put it onto his left. And fair play, like he just yeah, because he he does, he does often cut back, doesn't he, and try to curl it into the, what becomes the far post. Um, so the the fact that he chose to hit it, you know, had the confidence to hit it because there was I don't think there was any other way he was going to score apart from hitting it at that moment. Yeah, it's exactly, and I think he, he hit it in exactly the right place. And uh, yeah, unbelievable scenes. It looked, you could see some of the footage again from the, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, from the MK Don's perspective of our fans celebrating that goal. I don't know if you've caught it, but it looks like an away, you know, like a away stand. Yeah, it's absolute, 
it sounds unbelievable and the limbs are all over the place i swear someone's holding a banana you know it's everything's great um an inflatable banana that wouldn't have been that's great anyway um what that is such a unbelievable it feels like we've been treated to many of those types of late moments um, especially at home yeah in the last like two two years three years um and it prompted my uh Shout out to uh, Leonard Buff for pointing out my uh, Chris Agabusi style <laughs> celebration on the goals video on uh, <laughs> on uh, Twitter and Facebook alike. I think it's a good thing that my audio, for whatever reason, never comes through on those videos because I am screaming my head off. So it probably you helps. get good air in those videos because you you've got like Bluetooth headphones on, like you know, you so you really get up to the ceiling. I'm just you, there, like you often do, like a little pirouette in the air as you jump. It's I know really... it's. Kind of... It's weird that you can't really control. I can't really control that reaction. It's just, you know, how it is. It's, it's like a different. You know, it's like an out of body experience where you have no control. But that was just such a. Again, I always think when you either when you come back, it's similar to the away game at MK when you come back from behind or there's a bit of adversity and I'd kind of you don't really, but I didn't really believe. I think we deserve. I think the second half was excellent. We deserved score, but I just couldn't see it. Oh, yeah. happening so it's just such a great moment and we were saying you know still we'll get onto it in a second it's still going to be really tough to get over the line but it's so good to take it into the game at Rotherham not just because we're going but um it's just great to keep the season alive and put the pressure on the teams above us and what are we on now 70 what is it 75 points or something which is yeah. more than we got last season I think KR in the post-match reaction yesterday was saying we've already beat last year with two games to play. If I offered you that at the beginning of the season, you're taking it, especially with the teams that you've got in this league. It's just really unfortunate, like the way the league is set out. But it's worth noting as well, beaten, done the double now over MK Dons and Sheffield Wednesday, who are both above us, drawn with Wigan, and were really unlucky to lose to Wigan to that was it McLean goal late on. So we nearly had yeah. two draws v Wigan. We obviously drew with Rotherham nil-nil at home and we'll get on to how we're going to get on <laughs> there on Saturday. Um, Plymouth really unlucky to lose away. And Wickham are just, yeah, let's ignore Wickham. They're, they're, the home game against them was a disgrace and the away game, we'll forget. But I still think like we've done a really good yeah, job. I, I think it's a valid point. I mean, I think the stats show that sort of the record against top 10 teams, I think, hasn't massively improved but I almost don't believe that and you can tell I'm the one that doesn't go to the stats for, for any kind of evidence but like you say you talk through the double over the team third and fourth is massive we didn't do that and get close to doing that last season it just felt like with Blackpool especially you just knew before that game even kicked off where they were going to batter us like I, I remember all of us just being like this isn't you know this is going to be really difficult. There was a little bit of belief because there always is, but it feel it definitely feels different this year. Like I don't think any team is railroading us like Blackpool did, and that obviously if we get there, and it is a very big if. Um, so let's look at it then. Ah, <laughs> uh, what John? You you can start. What what are your general feelings about how this might play out? So obviously some teams have got three games left. Others, including us, have got two what what do you it's not it's not black and white is it in terms of what how this can work no and the sort of the games in hand which i forget them will probably jump all over the place they can kind of they'll cause some potential headaches 
as well, and they're on Tuesday. I mean, I almost don't believe this, and multiple people have said it to me, that in theory, if we win both games and Wickham don't win on Saturday against Sheffield Wednesday, we'll have 81 points, and that is basically in the playoffs. But I almost don't want to commit to say it's definitely in the playoffs because it feels like there's still too many combinations that will will happen. But, but that that could just mean, though, that Wickham drop out and Sunderland are in there instead. Yeah. No? Like, there's no... I think Sheffield Wednesday with three games left. I was looking at them thinking, right, they're, on, they're four points ahead of us, an extra game, but they've got Wickham away, obviously. Who do we, so do we want Wickham to, do we want Wickham to beat, no, sorry, we want Wednesday to beat Wickham. Yeah. Uh, we, want they, we want Wednesday to pull away, basically. Or What if they draw? Is that Okay. If if they draw, I think Tuesday night's games become bigger because if they if they draw and we win, I think we suddenly go, oh, everyone's possibly catchable because Wednesday would only be two points ahead of us if we won and that was a draw. But then obviously Wednesday play on Tuesday night, so by next Saturday, Wednesday could be five points and then that spot's gone. Yeah, if if Wickham draw and then we win on Saturday, then we'll go above them on goal difference. Yeah. And that's a positive at least it's one yeah and then Sunderland Cambridge haven't Cambridge done some interesting stuff recently Cambridge have won away at I think Rotherham Wigan and Ipswich this season so that's done excellent (laughs) brilliant well done Cambridge um let's just hope that they they've done they've already done a job in the northeast haven't they uh this season at St James's Park, so maybe they'll they'll have it, that spirit still in them. It does a lot of it does revolve around the Plymouth Plymouth running is really difficult, and it you might as well say Wigan. They've got Wigan away, and then MK Dons at home. Yeah, and there's and there's a there's a connotation where MK could be playing them, and if they won, they'd secure automatic promotion over Rotherham, which. And they would, I think, they'd need to win that. If, so that game is going to have a lot on it for for MK in that final one. And then it's a bit, it is a bit. MK went what sixteen games unbeaten before losing to Wednesday, and then us sequentially. We know what that kind of feels like. It's going to be interesting to see if they can pick pick themselves back up. And Wigan can win the league if they beat Plymouth, which I don't think Wigan will be necessary because they've got three games in hand, necessarily worrying about getting winning the league done on Saturday. But it's still it's still a sort of... That's their last home game. So there is a bit of a do-it-in-front-of-the-fans thing, maybe. So uh. it, it, is, it is really difficult for, for Plymouth, as good as they've been in recent times. Um, but yeah, as you say, Sunderland have got They've got Cambridge, Rotherham and Morecambe. Um, Sunderland have got this bizarre thing that if we were to beat Rotherham on Saturday and Sunderland were to win, Sunderland would be three points behind Rotherham and play them on Tuesday. Oh my God. I didn't so, even notice that. As you so, said it, I was just working it out as well. So there's, as football has this wonderful way of doing, there's so many individual storylines within the overall storyline that we could all sit and peruse it at five past five on Saturday going, okay, 
and then Sunderland Sheffield Wednesday go and do something unexpected on Tuesday and it opens up another storyline for the final Saturday. It's um it's nuts. It's just you, nuts. You've, you've got to think last season we obviously beat Burton four nil, didn't we? Capped off by a Sam Winnell spectacular finish. Um but we needed Accrington to we needed Pompey to drop points, didn't we? Either to I think either to draw or to obviously lose, and then the Accrington keeper had a worldie. But we still went into the last game with it not in our hands. Yeah. And like we kind of forget that, I think. Um, sometimes like it seems like that's just, you know, we got in easily. I think some it's... people kind of forget it. But that well, I would you take now going into the last day with a shot, or would you Oh yeah, you've got I think you've got to you get like Basically, we we know what we've got to do on Saturday. That's a bit, you know, that's the straightforward bit, and then you deal with what happens following that. Um, just on talking about last season, obviously we kind of snuck in, and it was like people forgot that we had a chance of getting in. Um, I'm in a wider like League One chat community thing, and a Sunderland fan's just done his predictions for the top seven, and he's not included us in his predictions of results whatsoever. So he clearly thinks. You know, he's he's written us off kind of thing, which I, I quite like, to be honest. Mm. I think Bro- it's Rotherham plausible, is, though. They are so fascinating as well, though, because, all right, there's nothing, there's no assumption we're going to win on Saturday, obviously. But they lose against us, then the Sunderland point. They've really kind of got, and then they've got a tricky way of game away at Gillingham, like, but their heads must be all over the shot. And then they yeah, become... to, to mess it up from here after being literally, I forget, I think at one stage they were nine points off. Like, I, I don't know. They've, they've been absolutely miles off, haven't they, at one point this season. And so we'll get, I think, actually, I'll say it now. I was just looking at their run of games and like, so from the, you know, there was that mental period in February where everyone had like 100 fixtures. So in at the end of January and then through February, they in nine games they had in that period, nine league games, they won eight and drew one. And that one draw was against Wigan. So, you know, decent. They smashed some teams um, in there, didn't concede a goal for one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row. So no goal conceded. They won all six of them as part in, within that run, um, smashed a couple of teams as well. But then after that, so that's again, eight wins, one draw that's made them like absolutely flying at the top of the league. They've gone since then to win two out of the next nine leading into Saturday. So they've only won two of the last nine games. And within there, they've had five losses and two draws and obviously two wins, as I've said. So I was messaging um, my my mate, um, Drew and his brother's a massive Rotherham fan. I was messaging him last night and I was like, we're going to do you on, you know, the kind of we'll do you on Saturday. (laughs) And he was like, oh, thanks for the result tonight. And I was like, oh yeah, no problem. Because he was obviously (laughs) like thinking about what we just done with MK. Um, So I went in for the offensive and he just gave me a compliment. And then I was like, (laughs) okay, I'll back up. Have a lovely day on Saturday. Wednesday fans are like, they're almost in the sort of like, we could get autos. <laughs> Sunderland, Sunderland are absolutely the same, though. You see it on the Roker report and all the comments on their posts and stuff. They're, yeah, they're yeah. thinking yeah. They're, they're thinking they're there. Like, but, but they, I mean, if I was Wednesday, I mean, they've also got two more points more. Um, it is interesting. I just, yeah, when I, I think um, Saturday is just 
crazy. Is going to be crazy. Have we sold out the twelve hundred now? Yeah. Good. That is going to be a crazy atmosphere. I just hope it's a good performance. It'd be. I just hope we score at a good time as well. I just don't want Wickham to take this away from us again. Oh. <laughs> I hate. I don't want any obsession with Wickham, but it still lingers around. The fireworks are still like I can hear them crackling in my ears. They're not going away. I need something to take away that that memory. Um, right. Let's. In terms of Rotherham, then. John, you were having a bit of a look at them coming into this. Yeah, I think we've kind of touched on parts of it. I mean, they've got us, then Sunderland, then Gillingham, so it's it's not easy. And you've got to you've got to think their their heads are a bit all over the shop, really. And then Jack, did you say two of their their wing backs are both out as of for this game, which is fairly sort of core parts of their of their squad. So I, I did message um, my mate's brother, my mate's mother, Dave, he's called Dave. He doesn't talk like that because he's from Rotherham. But um, I asked him earlier, um, any players to watch out for, any reasons behind your slump in form? And he was just like, I'm busy. <laughs> so I've got, <laughs> I've got nothing. Um, maybe he just doesn't want to give anything away. But I mean, they had it was Smith and Ladapo and friends, wasn't it? Last like when they played us at our place, and I remember they hit the. I think Smith and Ladapo actually both hit the woodwork in the first half of that epic nil-nil home game where our backs were up against the wall yeah. and everyone was down for COVID, and we'd just come off a win at home to Fleetwood. We've um, still got some very good players like Danny Balaza and sort of Ollie Rathbone and. The strikers you mentioned are, are still there. They're, they're kind of, and I remember from that home game thinking they were basically a better version of Wigan, but they are still that sort of solid team that doesn't take many chances, doesn't take many risks, but it plays fairly direct football, um, knows how to put teams under that sort of relentless build-up of pressure. But yeah, they're going to have a full house, I'd expect, um, from their side of things. Um, it'll be a classic. We just need to get out of the blocks quickly. But I feel like they, rather than earlier in the season, you wouldn't, you would feel slightly less confident about us playing against. But rather than right now, where we are, I think we're, well, we're better at we're probably our defense is probably better against physical teams than more sort of maybe clever. now. Yeah, maybe now, but I remember that first half at, in the home game, we were getting absolutely bossed by them. It was it was akin to the previous games at home when like Barnsley and Luton were flying in the league. It felt very much, and to be fair, Rotherham in previous yeah, seasons. But I think was... if they're nervous and they're just they are just kind of putting it in the right sort of areas. I think Brown, Long, Moore, etc. That's kind of the game they're probably most happy with at the moment. And then if we just be a bit more, because I think one of the things that we seen in a number of games is when we do get breaks and counters we're not making the right decisions or being decisive enough and that seems like we won't get many opportunities against Rotherham still yeah and a draw, and a draw doesn't work for us that is the other side of things yeah it's going to be nuts I think we've got to remember from the home game as much as we got physically dominated it was during the uh, makeshift Defence caused yeah, course, by yeah. COVID. I think you had Hansen at one full back, Seddon in the middle. Um, Look at the keeper. 
Yeah, exactly. You were Truman. we had him for a week. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even. If someone had said we had Truman in goal, I'd have, I literally don't and, remember. And the two subs that came on for us were Joel Cooper and Dan Adji. So you know, it, it was a bit. I would of say that was a straight. typo if I looked at it properly. Who's <laughs> <laughs> Truman? Um, and Rotherham stretch as I was looking at the notes from back then, but they went fifteen games unbeaten with that nil-nil as well. Early, and that was obviously early on in the season. So, I don't know. Um, should we do predictions? <laughs> Makes me scared. I'm going to say 3-1 Oxford. And I think it, we'll get the third goal really late after shitting ourselves for like 28 minutes of pressure. And then we'll counter. Gavin White will score a one-on-one easily yes the fabled gavin white chance it, it, it should be converting easily. exactly and this will be the the time we'll all be like that's it was worth waiting for well done gav and then he'll do his big windmill celebration it'll be great john what do you reckon well, since you mentioned clean i was going to go two nil but since you mentioned clean sheets I'm, I'm, i was going to say two nil and that would be like predicting three clean sheets in a row that's ridiculous we've had is, our cut for which is ridiculous. the next two years now so I know. I think yeah. I think we're going to go for a nervy two-one. Um, it's not three in a row, though, is it? It's we've only had. Of course, Fleetwood. What am I only... about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what am I about? Um, I'll stick with two-nil then. Actually, that's, that's what I thought. Two-nil. Okay, this is good. That sounds comfortable. Uh, I've, I've written this. The sort of the, the, the I like this kind of. I'm not about the stats and the who plays. I'm more about the story and the narrative. And I like this kind of last shot of redemption thing. So. Mm. Yeah, as long as I'm like you, as long as we take it to the last day, I'm sure we'll need someone to do do us a favor on the last day side of things. Absolutely, as well. yeah. Um, there's no there's no way it will be in our hands unless it's we're extremely fortunate with the games on Saturday and Tuesday. But I just can't. There's no way. Jack, what do you reckon? Six one, seven. Well, my, my um, round of predictions for this fixture was that. We'd draw, Wickham would draw, Plymouth would lose and Sunderland would lose, which just causes chaos even further with <laughs> them trying to work out what happens. I, yeah. I, I, I think the late win could be on because I think if it's 1 1, 2 2, KR will go for the win or guns blazing. Yeah. I, I don't think he'll take a draw, even if other results would go in a way that meant a draw would be, wouldn't end the season. Um, I think it could be chaos game. I think it could be four three, something like that. Because I to think I think to Oxford, obviously. I, th- I I think we'll just go for it regardless, and it could just be. I mean, I think you lot are going to have an incredibly mentally all over the place day. I'm going to drink heavily leading into the game to reduce. I actually find it easier being there than um, watching it on iFollow at home. It's it's better for. Yeah, better for the soul. I'm really excited. I can't wait to get down to Rotherham. Can't wait. I'm excited. I'm gonna. It's gonna be. Oh, it's just yeah. It's just one of those. It, isn't al- it? it almost feels like a playoff game on its own, doesn't it? Because there's there's just oh, that much on it. Yeah, if we get into the playoffs, we'll be like, oh god, we're well, this exhausted. Is what, yeah, this is, <laughs> this, this is exactly what I mean. And well, that's, that, that was kind of the like, thing about the Blackpool, wasn't it? We'd yeah, had that yeah, definitely, definitely. Frenetic last game of the season where it's like, oh. 
Accrington has scored, or we've scored, or and then the Blackpool game was like, oh, we've got to go again. But that and that was such an anti-climax, though, wasn't it? And but we always thought that might happen yeah. the way it played out, and I think that's the thing with this is like, yeah, we've just got a. The MK game was a cup final in itself, wasn't it? Again, so and we got over the line and we rode our luck a bit, but we got over the line, and that's we're just going to have to do do the same thing. What do you reckon about team and shape and stuff? Do you think um, similar? Do you think Holland? I think the main thing we got Bowden, and um, I suppose it's Holland or White. Um, Bowden, Holland and White started, didn't they? they? Sorry. All three of them can can have an effect off the bench, can't they? That's the thing, and it's which, which one, and which Marcus one would you Brown. prefer coming? Oh, yeah, and with Brown Marcus back, Brown, yeah. uh, which two of those four would you prefer coming off the bench with fifteen minutes to go if we need a goal, kind of thing? It, I don't know. Maybe I don't know how you play it. He could start Marcus Brown. I, I. I don't think he'll do that. No, I, I don't. But I'm just thinking. I, I'm just going rogue. I, you, every now and then, KR will throw a curveball, though, won't he? Give us 45 minutes, Marcus. Well, you are. I mean, go nuts. Get an at, early at one stage, he said Baldock was a possibility for the Rotherham game. Imagine if he pitches up on the bench on Saturday. You know? Can you imagine? Just start up front with Taylor, <laughs> with Marcus Brown in you, behind. You he won. threw Marcus Brown in for Pompey away, though, out of seemingly nowhere. I thought. Yeah, and then destroyed it. Yeah, that was a mis- that was a bit of a mistake, wasn't it? Goal aside, um, yeah. You wonder whether Bowden, because it's away and he can, in theory, retain the ball a bit better than someone like Holland. But equally, White and Holland either side basically says we're just going to bomb at you. And Holland, I don't know how good he is at coming up to speed a speed of a game off the bench. Um, is uh, is Sykes's place at risk because he's been off form for the last few games? Do you think, or do you think he's done enough in the season to keep his shirt at for a game like this? Yeah, I don't. I, I, he really hasn't been on it the last. He he's been really culpable when it when it comes to losing. Because to be fair, Kane though had such a shocker against like Morecambe and then has struggled a bit recently. And Sykes has been guilty of the turnover in midfield as well. I'd love to have Henry in the mix for this. This is, would be a game for him. Um, I think Bowden, though, I don't think you need... I think Bowden gives us that composure. And also, do you know what? I think set pieces might be important. I, if I you was start thinking Bowden, then Henry got in more. the three, in the midfield oh, right, three. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's where Bowden will be, won't he? Do you not think? It depends what shape we're going for. But if he... I assume we'll stick with 4-3-3. Three, three. With um, Bowden, oh, I suppose then you're dropping Sykes, unless he puts Sykes out wide. But hasn't he started with Kane, Brannigan and Bowden as the three? With No, he's started as Sykes, Sykes, Kane and Brannigan. And then it was Holland and White. Has Bowden that... never started in the three in midfield? Oh, sorry. So, yeah, so Bowden, he went with the front three of Bowden, White and Taylor against Plymouth. And that yeah. worked quite well. So that that's probably, that's tempting to me. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I think that is the Sykes is the big one, and Ho- I think it's just. I think White will start. It's just whether Holland. I still don't. I. I I'm never convinced with Holland. Um. So. Well, I, I, I've got a prediction that I think is pretty certain to be Go true, on. and that is Anthony Ford sub not used, Steve Seddon sub not used because whatever has happened. They just can't get on the pitch anymore. 
No. I hope we're... Well, maybe it'll be a good sign if Ford comes on. He did play for Rotherham. I mean, yeah. not, didn't leave oh, Maybe it's a... Maybe it's a uh, I mean, maybe I've, got, I've got no qualms with... I've said it before, you put him. You could put him in the three because he's just more solid. But I kind of think that Sykes just keeps... I think he just retains his place because of past form. I don't think he deserves it necessarily. But it's the, I think he's in the, in the team for the legs. That, I think that gets him in quite a lot. Yeah. Well, he, what is it? Nine goals up to Christmas and all the interviews that he was having post-matches after Man of the Match performances was, you know, getting into double figures, aiming for 15-20 type thing. And it's just gone... I th- yeah, sorry. Just to jump on. I think Bowden's got to start because if we get if we can score earlier in the game, then that's hugely beneficial. And I think he's he will pick the moment. Um, whereas Holland, as we know, can occasionally pull it out. So I think for me, yeah, it's drop Holland for Bowden on the left. He'll, he'll one, start. I'm right. I'm almost hundred percent sure he'll start Bowden. Yeah, like, keep, keep the midfield three yeah. as they are, which is what it is. Um, and give, Sam, give Sam Long a bit of a rocket to uh, up his been a bit iffy the last couple of games. Who's up front then? So White on the right, Bowden on the left, Taylor down the middle. I mean, Rotherham do wing backs out aside, sort of. I think they do play three at the back, and as do Plymouth. So that kind of thing we did with the front three against Plymouth away. That worked really well. It was basically just into those three interchanging. That's all it was, really. But that that did seem to have some yeah. effect. So I'm, I'd kind of I'd be happy with that. Okay. God, it's going to be stressful. Um, if anyone's going down to Rotherham, um, we'll be in the pub with all the flies in it. What's it called again? I forget. The Bridge Inn. The Bridge Inn next to the train station. Come and say hi. And then I think, where was the other place? The cut Is it the Cutler's Arms or something? Cutler's Arms is the other one. Cutler's Arms is decent. I want to see these flies, which aren't the main feature of the pub. I think a solid 99% of the pub is just, you know, seats and beer. They, have, the they have lots of football scarves in there from every team, and we are represented on the wall, which is a good sign. But the reason we talk about flies, the last time we were in there, it was literally like a cesspit. It was just flies all over the place, like dropping into pint glasses as you were completing them and stuff. It was a bizarre so situation. So come say hello, yeah. Yeah, so come <laughs> come and join us at the Bridge Inn. Lovely stuff. They, uh, uh, I, I just had a quick look for them on Facebook to see if anything's changed. They had an ancient history quiz last night, which is very... See? Yeah. I reckon they're going up cultured. in the world. That does sound very cultured. For a, for a Tuesday night in Rotherham. What day is it? I don't know what day it is. Is it Wednesday? <laughs> I guess that's all ancient history. Maybe they'll put on a... Which is a peep a... show joke. I'm not claiming to be with that. <laughs> Maybe they'll put on a quiz for us on um, Saturday. Um, I hope it's like the Rotherham... The last time I went to Rotherham, I think, was that FA Cup game game where we scored a beautiful goal with Kane Hemmings. We won 3-2, I think it was. And um, that... Hemming's goal was just. A goal. I like I the stadium as well. I really like, like, as you say, it makes that game, that stadium. It's definitely a few good memories in there. Yeah. Have we been there since? We must have. But I've been there since actually, for sure, because we've got well, a picture of the flag and everything. Well, was that not the Flyers game the last time we went? When was that? What was the score in that game? Didn't we win two one? Taylor 
header late on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I guess I've been since. It was like the cross. That. It was the Henry Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Good old combo. Oh, that was a great. That was a great result as well, wasn't it? For some reason, like that FA Cup day, I just loved. Uh, we had a great, great. Tr- I think they were really struggling in the championship when we beat them that time. But um, anyway, I feel like we're desperate to get over an hour just for habit. But maybe <laughs> we should stop talking. Um, yeah, let's hope we're doing another pod. And um, I think no matter what happens now, we can be, we can reflect positively on the season, um, regardless. So you know. Let's let's stick let's stick with being positive and fingers crossed this season's still alive going into um going into Donny. I think maybe we pod after next Tuesday. Um and we'll see where we'll see where things are at. And yeah, um hopefully see some of you guys listening on Saturday and take it easy. Bye bye.